Hello, and welcome to this episode of Not a Lady, a Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman podcast. My name is Kelly. And I'm Sarah. And this is episode nine of season two, Best Friends. In an episode that's not really about friends. It's not really about friends. It is about friends, but it's... It's about romancing boys. It's about stupid boys. It's not even about romancing boys. It's like, stupid boys. Are they worth the effort? That's what I got out of it. All right, first things first, let's look at lessons from giving thanks. Let's talk about some lessons. OG, grateful fan, said, I think Lauren learned a lesson. I'm not sure if his hatred towards the Cheyenne is rooted in pride, peer pressure, or fear. Probably a little bit of both is what I'm saying. But I think from the way he told Hank to sit down at dinner, he realized his prejudices aren't based in truth. For this episode, at least. I'm sure it won't take him long to evoke more eye rolls from me. Ha ha. You and us both. (laughs) That's funny. Our friend Leanne on Facebook says, You had mentioned saying that someone had hated Dr. Burke when they watched it as a child, but not when they watched it as an adult. (laughs) She says, That's a comment I've posted in many places. It's weird to think how strongly I disliked him. But... She also mentioned she's very excited for Best Friends. It's one of her favorite episodes. Probably you, don't you think? Yes. Oh, maybe not. I don't remember Best Friends. No, it was probably me. Was there another one? You said there was one more from Liz Marie. You're right, you're right. Our friend Liz Marie sent an email. Had quite a lot of comments on the episode, including a congrats to both of us for having big girl jobs. Because I think in our last episode was right before you were about to start working at the hospital where you've now been for what, half a year? Six months. There you go. She said both of them, being Dr. Mike and Sully, seem insecure. I think we're going to talk about this a little bit in this episode. And Sully feels like this because Dr. Mike comes from money and he just saw what she is giving up. And Mike is insecure because he is experienced in relationships and she isn't. She clearly feels intimidated and this is something we keep seeing until almost the end of the season. Mm. Interesting fact that Liz Marie added about the scene where Sully shows Mike his place. The beautiful lighting was thanks to some wildfires that were going on in California at the time. They filmed that scene. Oh, man. And when it was done, they were asked to evacuate the area. There you go. I like the little behind-the-scenes look, so. Also, a comment that Liz Marie made that's kind of relevant to this episode is, I feel like Dr. Mike is nervous about being with Sully alone because of how she was raised. I bet she is feeling a lot of things she is not supposed to. Hmm. But I find it funny that they are—they seem uncomfortable now that they are officially dating. Well, they're not really dating. They're courting. It's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they hadn't defined the relationship yet. Right, Kelly? <laughs> right. So now it's awkward <laughs> Yeah. to discuss it. Sure. Thanks for writing in. We love to hear from those of you who write in every episode. We really appreciate it. We do. Always looking for more contributors. I think we should do a special where we just ask mom (laughs) to write in things. And then we should just have like mom's moment. (laughs) We just read our mother's comments because she always has really (laughs) funny things to say. And you know, she is the most Dr. Quinn super fan. That would be funny. That I know in real life. She's an original fan. She was a fan before we were fans. She's why we're fans. She is why we're fans. Absolutely. And with that, let's jump into best friends. Interestingly enough, I think some of the main conflict for Dr. Mike and Sully's relationship is shared. 
between giving thanks and this episode basically being the people can't change and we're too different. That's true. Which we thought they moved past last episode, but it will be a reoccurring issue in this episode, but that's okay because they're going to work through it a hundred times and they'll be stronger for it. Yeah, Dr. Mike's not good at letting stuff go. Should we talk about Best Friends? Yeah. Season 2, Episode 9, titled Best Friends, aired on the 4th of December, 1993. It was directed by James Keach. This is his sixth of 26 directorial episodes. His last one was Saving Souls. (laughs) Love to the Cashes, not love to Sister Ruth. (laughs) (laughs) And very different from this one. Our writers for this episode were Sarah Davidson. I like most of her episodes. This is her seventh of 24. The last one that she did was The Incident. And obviously, Bess Sullivan, producer, creator. First scene. The Quinn Cooper family is walking down the streets of their beloved Colorado Springs, talking about the sweetheart dance. The idea of the sweetheart dance, we learn, is that it's not only a very prominent part of the town's events and activities, but that whoever you take is supposed to be your sweetheart for life. Of course, Dr. Mike is not sure if she's going to go, which is is a back-and-forth decision that she has during this episode. Yeah, because this episode is definitely post-Boston. Yeah. They bring up Boston right. in the first scene. Right. Dorothy is feeling warm. She's opened the windows to the mercantile, which Lauren is not very pleased by, which is interesting because it looks very warm outside, and I'm like, is this supposed to be like close to Valentine's Day? Is that what we're going for, or is it just a random sweetheart dance? I'm not really sure. No, because in the next the next episode is Christmas. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, as we know. Not really sure. I mean, that could have been a very, you know, ten months between <laughs> this episode and next, but... True, true. We have a classic Mean Girls situation here where Alice, Becky, and Colleen are together picking out fabric for new dress for the dance. Alice is being very bossy. I kind of don't like her very much, but basically tells the girls like, yeah, you can't have this fabric. Wear something. I'm sure you'll find something else. And Colleen's like, let's do what we want. We don't need to be friends with her. (laughs) And I'm like, are you Dr. Quinn's child or what? Again, we kind of flash back to the outside of the mercantile. Dorothy is there. Her and Sully have a brief interaction where he kind of says he's not much of a dancer, might not go to the dance. But Dorothy gets... More hot, as well as dizzy, and Dr. Mike comes out too. She gets more hot. She's getting hotter. She's smoking. She's getting warm. She's getting very warm and dizzy, and so Dr. Mike comes out to examine her, ask her a lot of questions. They take her upstairs, and Dorothy confides in Dr. Mike that she is knows exactly why she's not feeling well. And that is because she is convinced that she is pregnant. And with wonderful timing, Lauren walks in. And there's a weird moment where it's insinuated that, that that Lauren is the reason why Dorothy's pregnant. Or at least that's what Dr. Mike assumes. Oh, is that what you think? Oh. You didn't take it as that? What, what? did you take it? You just took it as like, how did you take it? No, <laughs> I thought, I wrote down, why are they so worried about Lauren's reaction? I thought maybe they were worried he would just, he would be upset that she was pregnant 
Okay, maybe that's plausible. I just thought it's very obvious that they're trying to like insinuate something. They have couple vibes and obviously they do live together, which is weird because they're well, brother and sister-in-law, but... But also, you know, they, they've explained that like he wanted to be with her before he wanted to be with Maude, so... I don't know. That's how I took it. Yeah. And then because the next scene, we kind of flash to Dorothy being examined in the clinic and Dr. Mike's, but like, how did you, how would you get pregnant? Right. Well, which, which, which I, I wish they would have leaned into the, the comedy of a doctor asking, how did asking you get pre- Like, I feel like, I, I feel like it would have been really funny if Dorothy was like, now, Dr. Mike, I would expect <laughs> you of all ladies, to know. but maybe not. Cause later they, talk about the fact that she's unmarried and hasn't had that experience but still she's a doctor anyway but you're right that is when later she does say like oh it was by my husband and then dr mike's like super confused which also tells us it hasn't supposedly hasn't been that long since she must have not been there but oh you know i didn't look up the logical viewing order because part of me is like we know they were in boston for five weeks, Mm -hmm. if not a little longer, because we didn't factor in all that travel time or whatever. Well, when do you start? Because back in the day, obviously, they didn't have pregnancy tests. So when do you start? Well, but I guess a month. Showing? You you miss a period. You miss a period, right? That's when you know. You mean for her to know. Right. Sure, but also a lot of women have spotting and stuff that they they often interpret as having their period. So it's it's variable, right? And, I mean, it definitely... Mm. amount of time could have definitely passed if mm. she was pregnant. She's not pregnant, right. which we do find out in this next scene. Yeah. Dr. Mike reminds her what she once remind, reminded Olive of, that she's going through the change of life. Which, you know, is really funny because it's not funny, but Dorothy, I was trying to interpret this and then I really got it because Dorothy is seemingly kind of upset. I'm going to lose my clock. You know, that's how I know everything's okay when a month goes by. I realize it's a big deal, right? Because in that time, like, women were, like, baby makers. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder if, you know, she feels like she's losing some sort of purpose, even though she doesn't have... Does Dorothy have children? Yeah, she does. She does. Because all the kids left. That's why she stayed with him for so long, mm. was for the kids. Okay. So and then when they were gone... That's part of the reason why she was like, I'm over this. Right. You don't get to do this to me anymore. Right. Anyway, I can understand. And maybe you have some input for historical time period. But my thing was like, it is a big deal just because that's kind of a lot of women's purpose during that time. And so it's basically their inability to make babies anymore. And so maybe she feels like she's losing some identity or it's just a big change of life. Yeah. How old are people usually... I mean, I'm sure it varies from person to person, just like getting your period, but Mm -hmm. what would you say is like the average age? Usually anywhere from 45 to 55. I mean, obviously it varies for women, but I would say, I don't know how old Dorothy's supposed to be, but she looks definitely within that age range. I think the average age is 51. Well, and she has adult children. Yeah, she's, she's definitely. And they got, they got married young. Sure, sure. Not that women didn't have uh, babies older at that time, of course. We could go through the whole birth control and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) But I think that's why I was laughing because I'm like, Lauren's freaking old. Why are we having this weird moment of like, (laughs) Dr. Mike's like, what? I mean, not that men can't have babies at old age, but anyway, 
This is a weird episode. I don't like talking about this. <laughs> we haven't even got to the weirdest parts yet. I know. In a medical manner, I don't. It's, I don't mind talking about it, but sometimes I'm like, it's a bit odd in this context. Yeah. So our opening sequence plays. This is the only scene we get to see Robert Ian this episode. Robert E. and Grace, they're only in one scene. They didn't mm-hmm. even show them at the sweetheart dance. I thought about that. Colleen and Becky stop in to see Robert E. And I guess there's a heart necklace that Colleen got from her grandmother. I would assume being... I was like, do they say that? I didn't remember that. I think so. Where else would she get? Yeah, okay, cool. What's what's Dr. Mike's mom's name? I'm totally blanking. Elizabeth. Elizabeth Quinn. She would like him to cut the heart in half so they can each have a piece. And it threw me back. Did you have one of those? To the 90s. Yeah. Oh, I definitely had a couple with a couple friends. <laughs> well, the funny thing is I'm like... I know that I had a few of those, and I genuinely couldn't tell you. Don't know. Who had the other half? I remember at least two of them who I had them with, but yeah. I just remember in the 90s, we had this like these like plasticky, like blue ones. Mm. But the funny thing is they were always almost like broken hearts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so you had to like fit them together. But anyway, it's just funny to think about. I, I don't know why it se- it screamed to me, this is very 90s. And I was like, yeah. oh, well, that's when this show was made. <laughs> True. And, and we do see that Becky and Colleen are getting very close. But they go to school. They see Alice, who ignores them. So that's a still a situation that's still going on. Uh, we kind of have a new character, a new young boy. His name is Richard. I miss Lewis! <laughs> Yeah, what happened to Lewis? What happened to boys that were, like, awkward and normal? <laughs> not normal, but just, like, weird and nerdy. Oh, Richard's awkward, all right. Just not in the way that's adoring to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, not at all. He and Colleen have been trading books. And after they have that interaction, we learn that Becky's got a big crush on him. And she very much wants Colleen to make her look good, sound good, because Colleen and Richard have some sort of relationship, even if it's obviously just friendship at this point. Actually, you know, in this first scene, I do feel like it seems sweet, their relationship, trading books, talking about books, like in the opening scene. Yeah. It's very innocent. Yeah. It's only when Becky asks her basically to be her her wing girl, which I don't think I would ever do. I don't think I've ever asked a friend to talk me up to a boy i'm usually like don't talk about me don't mention me <laughs> i feel like mm, i don't know if i've done that or not. <laughs> i've done that for friends where you're just like yeah so and so or whatever is amazing i've definitely been it but i don't know that i've i re- distinctly remember like friends being like do you want me to tell them about you and me being like <laughs> no absolutely not <laughs> i don't think i've ever asked anybody I might have joked maybe, about maybe, it. Maybe <laughs> Megan will write in and tell me. We never did that because you were older in school. And so if I liked someone in your grade, that would have been a little weird. <laughs> that would have been illegal. <laughs> illegal? What are you talking about? In grade school? Yeah, because I was like in high school. You were like still in primary. Talking someone up is not illegal, okay? No, I'm talking about like middle school, high school. <laughs> talking up a minor. <laughs> talking about your 18 year old friends i'm just saying all right never mind next (laughs) anyway i get when you're younger it's a bit different (laughs) why are you still laughing i don't know because 
just where these conversations are going today. Like, it's just very, very, uh, we haven't chatted in a while, and this is where we're going. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sully and Dr. Mike are sharing lunch at Grace's Cafe. Grace is, I guess, in a way, like, almost over how much the whole town is talking about the sweetheart dance. But I'm just like, Grace, since when has Colorado Springs not obsessed over whatever's going on in the town in that week? (laughs) Some event, yeah. Whatever ends up being Dr. Mike's most recent medical procedure, that's the whole town's gossip for the week. So we should be excited that it's something else. But it is funny to me that her reasoning that everyone's freaking out over this dance is, you know, people got to pair up because it's getting cold before the winter. (laughs) I'm just like, I wonder. We don't think like that anymore. (laughs) I wonder if back in the day folks were like, you know what's going to save me on electric bills or firewood? (laughs) Getting myself a bow. Isn't that the whole point of cuffing season is like to find someone to keep you warm cuffing i've what i've never heard of this please explain it to me no never mind i'm a bad millennial to try and explain i just have heard that's a thing cuff i cuffing you you can look it up later okay okay (laughs) back at the clinic (laughs) no no but the scene ends with sully kind of doubling down on the fact that he kind of thinks the whole thing is foolish which I think throws us off as viewers a little bit because basically he seems to be rejecting anything to do with romance this episode. They're a newly courting couple, so you would think there would be some aspects. But I guess their their romance has never looked like your typical romance. Yeah. I also just think they don't have good communication skills, honestly. (laughs) True. She's like, yeah, I don't think I'll go. And then he's like, yeah, that seems stupid. I can't (laughs) dance. It's just like, I think it's foolish. Like, okay. (laughs) But like, you know that the second she's like, I want to go, he he would be all over that. So it's just Well, we we have that scene later. (laughs) We do. (laughs) We do. This scene, Brian comes and get Dr. Mike. Dorothy's still having excessive bleeding. Dr. Mike explains, like, it's either, you know, nature's way of helping the body adjust. However, it could be a tumor. And if it was a tumor, they'd have to remove that tumor or take the uterus out, which Dorothy obviously doesn't want. And and I'm always reminded that any surgery during this time is a huge risk. It is a scary thing. Is taking the uterus out the same as a hysterectomy? It is. Good job. That is a hysterectomy. There are a lot of types of hysterectomies because... Oftentimes you don't just take the uterus out, you take out the cervix, you take out the ovaries. There's a lot of portions that can come with that. There's partials, there's totals. In this case, it sounds they would just be removing the uterus, but uh, it's pretty extensive surgery and it's scary. And obviously, you know, now if a woman were to have excessive bleeding, there would be like 10 to 12 things on my differential diagnosis of why that would be happening. But we will find out more about that later. Back to Colleen and Richard. (laughs) They are... Walking and talking, and Colleen is trying to do her due diligence and talk her friend up. She starts it off poorly because... She doesn't even say, I have a friend, which is also code. I feel like people know that that's, like, code for, like, you could be talking about yourself. But she said, there's a girl who, like, who's sweet on you. And Richard's like, I think I know who it is, and I like her, too. And obviously, Colleen assumes that they're both talking about Becky. Richard's solution to resolving this 
unrequited love is to meet at the no, kissing tree. No, it's requited. Tree. And of course... Re to, to bringing the requited love into life. They think it's... <laughs> no, they think it is, right? And so his solution is to, on Friday after school, for the girl to wait at the kissing tree for him. Which, oh, you know what really irks me when he's like, but if she really cared for me... She would come to the kissing tree. Okay, sir. You know what? I have some words. Oh, you know what? Normally I pick up on those things, and I, I think I missed that one. That is because our culture. <laughs> huh. I didn't know that. I think it's funny that they have a kissing tree. You know, my university had a mug tree. It was called the mug tree? Where people would go to get mugged. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. So it was the coolest thing ever. We Basically, someone had hammered a bunch of nails into a tree along the road that ran along the school and people would go and leave mugs hanging from the nails and you could take a mug and switch out a mug and get a new one oh. and I went a couple times in university just to get a different mug and it was like really fun it was like more fun than a kissing tree <laughs> that's not like this at all <laughs> no, <I know. laughs> In case uh, listeners were wondering, it's not that kind of mugging. <laughs> we're back at the homestead. The kids are talking about the sweetheart dance. Sully can tell that Dr. Mike seems a little upset, and at first I thought she was a little worried about Dorothy, but in a shocking turn of events. <laughs> no, no, it's called passive aggression, per usual. She's so annoying in this episode, I'm sorry. You, you think she'd never been in a human relationship before. Like, she was freaking engaged. Like, she cannot pull this, like, I don't know how to do this thing. Sorry, I'm being cynical. She is disappointed that he hasn't yet asked her to the sweetheart dance, though she has heard him multiple times say that he really has no interest in it. Then, in another shocking turn of events... Shocking. So he says... We're recording now. I just assumed we would go together. And I'm like, wait, bro. I thought you would be like telling her, obviously, I've made it clear I'm not interested in going. But instead, he's like, how could you not know that we would be going because we're recording? Um, so then I think it's, it's meant to be cute. Is it a cop-out, you think? <laughs> you know what? It could be. Actually, if it... Like, I feel like he's like, oh, shoot, I didn't ask you. I just assumed. <laughs> yeah. If that's true, then then good save, Sully. Good save. But then they do a little flirting where he asks her, and then she plays hard to get, and is like, no, you waited too long. And then she says, I actually, I changed my mind. Yeah, let's go together. And it, I think it's supposed to be just them bantering and cute but i think right. as an audience we're kind of sitting there going okay what was the point of that <laughs> yeah exactly but he doesn't want to dance and she says i can teach you <laughs> she's a great teacher <laughs> <laughs> becky and colleen have now become obsessed with kissing <laughs> and there's a very brief conversation where they talk about that immediately after though lauren is bringing dorothy food she's still staying at the clinic and he's acting all weird, and she's like, what's wrong with you? And of course, it's it's the fact that Hank has truly brought up... Okay, here's my thing, though. We don't even see Hank. I don't have a problem with that. The problem I do have is that... Can you imagine if, like, you're like, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm going through menopause, and then the whole town just found out about it? Like, what? <laughs> like, how does that even happen? HIPAA! Like, come on, y'all. 
But Hank's convinced that she's going to turn into a hairy humpback. Remember what I said at the start of this episode, though? (laughs) Which portion? Boys are dumb? No, the part about (laughs) literally this town has nothing else to talk about other than other people's business. (laughs) Yeah, literally. And whoever's in the clinic, they want to know why, so. Yeah, which I guess I didn't know, but I guess that was a big superstition at this time is that that's what happened to women. (laughs) Yeah, that's a, a good question, I'm sure. Actually, I'm not sure where that would come from. It probably comes from some of these men and male doctors, like, not understanding women and women's bodies. And sure, like, there are a lot of hormonal changes, but I just think it's part of men being like, you can't make babies anymore? Let's make you these hideous beasts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Hag. Exactly. But she she takes it really well. Like any good sister-in-law would do. And and part of the hormone stuff is she validates that, where she's just saying that her emotions are all over the place. Mm. But, you know, she hasn't had any more bleeding. And, okay, wait, let's talk about this. Then she's like, no more bleeding. When can I go back home with, to resume my activities? And maybe a few new ones. I'm sorry, what was that about? What new activities does she want to partake in? I mean... She's got, I mean, she's got to be insinuating sex, right? I can't get pregnant anymore. I don't know. Even if she is, I don't want to talk about it. We, we haven't known Dorothy for all that long, but in this seemingly very conservative, with the exception of the saloon, this conservative town, I find it pretty shocking, and I don't know how historically accurate it would be that, not that may, that didn't happen, but that she would talk about that so openly with an unmarried woman, I guess. I don't know. After she had, like, this emotional breakdown about how she didn't want yeah. to go through menopause. Yeah. It's interesting. But maybe, I guess that's the point. Her emotions are all over the place. But it is a weird insinuation. And I remember that this show is promoted as, like, a seven years of age and older family show and I'm just kind of like yeah I guess the kids who are watching this are not gonna get that like no one is saying sex outright anywhere in this episode but it feels like that's what this episode is kind of a lot about at least Dorothy's storyline actually no Colleen's too because in the next scene Colleen's asking Dr. Mike about kissing and Dr. Mike's like oh well kissing it can be sweet but it leads to other things what? <laughs> Why? What do you mean, what? I remember her failing to have a good conversation with Matthew about this, so she put it on Sully to do it, but I feel like if Colleen's asking questions, then maybe it would be a good time for her as a woman to talk to Colleen about this, because she doesn't say what it leads to. She just says, you have to be careful, and Colleen's like, well, I'm not kissing. Yeah. Dun-dun-dun-dun! Colleen, <laughs> who last we heard just got her period and is 13, which actually probably is a good time to have that conversation because she's going through kind of the opposite change of Dorothy, right? Her body is going into that stage. But I want to take a pause and I want to shout out. I know that this was probably put in this show to be like this shocking thing of like Dr. Mike saying that her, she didn't have her first kiss till she was 25 years old. And I think it's for the audience to be like, oh my gosh, because that's how Colleen reacts. And then later, the conversation with Dorothy, where Dorothy's like, oh, you've never been with a man before? And I'm like, um, what town, what century do you think we're in? Like, that you didn't assume that. 
But shout out to all my girls out in the world who have had first kisses late in life because you're awesome and there's nothing wrong with you and you're not alone. And I'm not just talking Dr. Mike. So shout out to those women. (laughs) You're awesome. The moment of truth comes. It's Friday. School has happened. It's come and gone. It's time for the kissing to happen. (laughs) Of course, Becky is freaking out and has a stomach ache and is like, I can't do it. I can't do it. What makes sense? Tell your friend to go tell the boy to go meet him. Right. And the really big thing is it would have been one thing if he had already been there and she just like went and came up and was like, hey, by the way, she can't come. Right. But no. She beats him. His thing was tell her to wait under the kissing tree for me. Yeah. She beats him. And so what is she doing? She's sitting there waiting for him. So he makes the assumption. Lots of assuming in this episode. And uh, (laughs) he turns her around and kisses her. But then, not only does he kiss her out of nowhere, she kisses him back. Yeah, which is not a very nice thing to do, considering her friend dreams about him at night. (laughs) And especially after you just told your mom you weren't going to be kissing. Like, literally last night, girl. Yeah, but, like, (laughs) who has not lied to their mother before? Actually, I don't think she lied. Dude, it wasn't planned. She did not have a plan. Fair enough, fair (laughs) enough. Yeah, that's true. She did not plan. Do you think... That she liked him at all before? Because there is, in that first scene, it almost seems like Becky is checking to see if Colleen likes Richard first before she tells her that she likes him. Yeah, she does, yeah. Which is like, that is best friend behavior, right? Girl code. Yeah, exactly. But then when Colleen's like, no, no, not at all. We're just friends. We, we're just sharing books and stuff. Then that's when Becky's like, oh, well, I think he's really handsome. No, I think it's it's typical teenage behavior. In fact, no, this is behavior in our <laughs> age as well because what it is is she realized like, oh, I, I'm getting attention and attention feels really good. Mm. And so and I think she does like him to a certain extent. That happens sometimes when you're friends with someone and then you wake up and you're like, oh, they like me? I think I kind of like them too. I just didn't let myself go there. But I think in this case she just, she hasn't, has very little experience with boys at all, you know, even emotionally. So... I think, you know, she likes attention. It takes her by surprise, so... Yeah. She does what she does. But to be fair, I think we can't totally fault Richard for not... Say what? For not knowing that it's not <laughs> Colleen. Because she never explicitly says yeah. there's... She does. She sure. says a girl. She never says my friend Becky. Or even... Yeah, no, for sure. I'm asking on behalf of someone else. So... In as much as, yeah, he just kind of runs up to her, kisses her, I feel like at this point <laughs> in the episode, we can't put all the blame on him for, for making the choices that yeah. he made because... No, that's right. Based on the information he had. So, the teacher can talk about this one. Dr. Mike is trying to teach Sully some, as he said earlier, reels and squares, which, do you remember... When we did square dancing in school. (laughs) Of course I do. This is how I know that if I have grandchildren one day, they're going to be like, you're old as crap because I'm going to be like, in gym class, I remember learning square dancing and it was a very stressful thing because the boys had to line up and the girls had to line up. And I remember people trying to switch in line so they could be with the guy they liked. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that that's like the first time I held hands with a boy. Like, that's what I would say was when we did square dancing. And it was... Connor Cunningham. <laughs> Mine would Ryan Hazy, who I was, was my friend, and he was very short and stout. And you never heard this story, and I was really into it because I really liked dancing, and I was like, "This is awesome!" Yeah. And I was like running to do si do, like 
lock arms, but he was a little, a lot shorter than me. Yeah. And somehow he moved and I had hand punch, like my fist right to his gut. You never heard the story? <laughs> Instead of looping through his arms, he moved and I literally punched him in the belly. <laughs> and then it was this big joke that nobody wanted to be partners <laughs> with me. So that's what I remember. Oh, no, <laughs> I, I don't that? remember yeah. that. I think about him sometimes. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. When I think about, think back on it now I'm like that was really fun but I think at the time yeah I was like super nervous and I remember being so worried that my hands were gonna be sweaty (laughs) but then uh Dr. Mike is showing off her dance moves and she is showing her ankles which you know (laughs) in that day and age scandalous scandalous I think it's really funny though so no wonder he comes on all flirty and romantic like but he asked her to he's like I can't see your feet (laughs) It was funny. I thought it was no, funny. No, it was funny. But then that but then she gets like all shy and uncomfortable because he's like being super flirty and then she's being really bossy and then he is to, okay, she's not a very patient teacher and he will admit this later. He is not at all a good student. Like we've seen him teaching Brian and like Matthew stuff and Sully's always super patient with like telling them they have to try and they have to put in effort and then Sully's like not even willing to try and then he turns it around to be what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode this thing about changing which I don't think learning and growth are the same as changing no and I 100% agree with Dr. Mike when she'll later say if we have no opportunity to learn grow and change like what's the point of being human however I think obviously she's talking about grand life scheme things not necessarily his dancing yeah so honestly it's a stupid reason to fight but I guess the purpose of it is They've known this about themselves. They come from different worlds and they're different people. And when those two worlds come up against each other, you just end up with a lot of grinding that's hard for both parties. Yeah. But iron sharpens iron. It does. And I I get what you're saying. I just don't think that's the conflict in this scene. I think the conflict is like she, man, she just gets so demanding that it's like, I don't think anybody, no matter what background you come from or what life differences, I think would be frustrated with her in that situation. Like, especially if you're like trying hard and then she's just like, again, we know she's not the, the greatest at that, which I think there's a lot of insecurity too. And we've had this conversation a hundred times over. <laughs> well, maybe not a hundred times over, however many episodes we've had. But keep in mind, this is a woman who's had to fight for everything she's ever really wanted. Sure. And so I think she comes with this attitude of, if I don't fight for it, if I don't push for it, no one's going to give me what I want without a fight. Hmm. While in certain aspects of life, we have great respect for that and great admiration that she she doesn't quit in a relationship that's about both of you growing together and a partnership. Yeah. And that's the thing. Neither of them are good at partnership because they've both been... Been on their own for so long. <laughs> yep, it's true. Yeah, in as much as we can say one or the other of them is being more difficult. I do think in the surface level stupid fight, there is some depth to what's happening. But it is kind of hard to focus on the root of the problem when you're just like... When I'm like, you're freaking <laughs> annoying. Girl, calm down. <laughs> Bro, just, just try. Yeah. Like, stop 
making excuses <laughs> and telling her you don't change. Yeah. Like, she's not trying to change your personality. Yeah. She just wants to go to the dance with you. I do agree the whole, I won't change you if you don't change me. It's not really what that situation's about at all. Yeah. But I think they have some deeper issues. They need to work that out. We're back at the clinic. Dorothy's looking fine. However, she can tell her very close friend, Dr. Mike, is not doing well. And Dr. Mike explains the situation between her and Sully and how she wants him to learn and grow. But then she, you know, explains all these ways that they are so different. This often happens. I think she, you know, there's some sort of conflict and she sinks into this place of insecurity where she's like, I just, I don't know if we're well suited. And I have been on my own for so long. What's funny, I think I really like that Dorothy brings this up because... Dr. Mike's saying people can change. I want them to learn and grow, but this is how I am. I've been on my own. And then Dorothy says, yeah, but you're the one who believes people can change, right? So if you really believe that, then you believe that you will be able to change and be able to do life with this other person, which is a really good concept. And I think that Dorothy does a very good job at listening and then kind of relaying information back to Dr. Mike so she can hear herself objectively. This also is where Dr. Mike reveals she's never been with anybody. I don't know what there is to say about that. I like what Dorothy also adds about you're both independent, you're both passionate, you're both committed, and Mm -hmm. those things are stronger to share than the things that you think make you different. Mm. There is like a little part of that scene where Dr. Mike's very much, I guess, feels uncomfortable with Sully's physical touch. But like that comes and goes for her. I think she needs to stop having this conversation with other people and just, like, they need to sit down and talk about it. Hmm. Setting boundaries is a good thing. You shouldn't feel uncomfortable, but how does he know? You never talk to him about it. You only talk to girls about it. It's true. It's absolutely true. I had a friend in school who once told me that however far a person has gone physically in the previous relationship I've heard this is where they're gonna feel comfortable in their next relationship yeah so there just needs to be a conversation there and I wish Dorothy would say that to her but instead instead she's just like you've never been with a man you wanna cry let me (laughs) hug you oh yeah yeah one thing we didn't mention earlier though because it's interesting I think female friendships and especially how they're shown have been really important to this show because you think about Charlotte Cooper which is mentioned earlier or will be mentioned later that Charlotte was according to Dr. Mike the closest female friend she's ever had which is crazy when you think well not crazy but you know she grew up with sisters so you would think she has the one sister who she seems to get along really well with but I guess we, we were never friends growing up and she she did get special treatment from her dad so there was probably yeah always a separation but anyway I think the journey that Dr. Mike and Olive went on and you, Emily and Snowbird I'd really like to keep leaning into these deep I like friendship storylines like not oh you betrayed me for by kissing the boy I liked friendship storylines which is 13-year-old version. Yeah, I think we need less romance, more the love of a friend. It's probably one of the reasons why Merlin of course. is still like one of my favorite shows. That's the reason you like a lot of the stuff you do. At, but like honestly, like at the heart of it, it's about a friendship. Yeah. Am I in love with friendship? Maybe I am. <laughs> no, no, I think you just value that. 
over romance, and that's good. It's because I'm because I'm really lonely, and I have very few friends. <laughs> but that can go the other way too. I'm really lonely. I need romance. <laughs> but <laughs> we won't talk about that. <laughs> that's probably my problem. <laughs> you have the other one, and I have. I have. The, <laughs> anyway, nope. Too fresh. Too fresh. After church, it kind of seems like Dorothy is still cramping. We get an elusive conversation where Dr. Mike is like, thanks so much for talking. Do you want to come to dinner? Dorothy denies the invitation, but then, you know, saying she has plans. And then Dr. Mike, of course, rejects. Yes. Denies. Denied. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, English teacher. Didn't use the right (laughs) verb. She rejects the invitation. But Dr. Mike, man, just kind of digs about, like, who are you meeting with? And... Dorothy's like, I can't tell you. End of story. Conversation over. Okay. As a queen of overthinking, I probably would be the same because Dorothy could have been far less cryptic and weird about it. Like she almost made it worse. What was she going to do? Lie? I Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do not. Because if it's a lie to that. help your friend. Hmm. I'm learning something about you right now. Okay. You're, I don't know. Uh, uh, I just feel like she could have been like, oh, (laughs) all right, you're right. (laughs) I don't know. I just feel like she was really weird about it. Yeah, it's different too because it's like a small town. I think that's part of it, small town, because you're going to see somebody. Yeah, that's true. You're going to know what they're doing. You're going to see somebody. You're going to, yeah, assume. So part of me is like, Dr. Mike should have backed off. Apparently, Dorothy wants to partake in new activities. So it's like, whatever, let her do her thing, sis. (laughs) But maybe that's why she's so insecure. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Well, and she, when she asked Sully about it, too, he's kind of elusive as well, so. Yeah. I get that. Colleen, in her favor, she does try to tell Becky about what happened at the kissing tree. How she smooched her friend's man! <laughs> I'm not sure if she's more worried about Becky finding out that Richard likes her, or Becky finding out that Colleen kissed him. To be honest, it, I guess it could be both, right? How How is she going to react? Yeah. Knowing I kissed him, oh, it's going to devastate her to find out that he likes me and not her. Right. She fails and then lies about it, right? That's the part, if she just didn't say anything, it's still lying, but then she's like, oh, he really missed you and hoped you feel better. <laughs> yeah. So she gets her friend's hopes up. Mm-hmm. However, Dr. Mike needs to stop by the clinic on her way home. In doing so, she sees Sully trying to get into the mercantile. And of course, who lets him in but Dorothy comes out. She kind of like pulls on his arm and like grabs him in some type of way. And then not only that, pulls the blinds down. (laughs) Yeah. So Dr. Mike's like, okay, Brian, let's go. (laughs) I find it a little uncharacteristic that Brian doesn't immediately shout, hey, Sully. (laughs) (laughs) but instead goes ma look it's sully yeah see and what i think too is i'm like doesn't sully see that like the wagon is right outside the clinic whatever it's for the the drama it's for the show yeah exactly it's not real life it's not real life he's a hunter tracker (laughs) yeah he totally would have seen them yeah (laughs) at the homestead it seems to be a new day sully arrives and good on him he does apologize to dr mike for how he was acting the other day. And she also apologizes, and they both say they weren't very patient with each other. And see, communication, humility goes a long way. But it's 
spoiled when he offers her some candy that he got from the store. She's like, where'd you get it? And then he says, I have ways. That is weird. <laughs> I have ways of getting the things I want. I, I agree that is that is weird. <laughs> like, that was. Again, as a queen of overthinking, I'm right with her. <laughs> yeah, I agree. We're back to the Becky Richard Colleen drama. Colleen is waiting for Becky. Richard sees her. She's, like, trying to explain. Instead, he's like, let's kiss. And, of course, Becky sees this. And this is where Colleen has to come clean, right? She's trying to explain to her best friend that Richard likes her and not Becky. Um, It does not go over well. And, of course, you know, teenage girls, it's tough. Heartbreaking. Becky's like, you're worse than Alice. And she takes off their... (laughs) best friend necklace and throws it to the ground and colleen's heartbroken she's also heartbroken mike is a good mom and comforts her and they just talk about what friendship looks like and at the end of the day i think it's good which is interesting because dr mike has lied plenty of times but she does tell colleen like that's that was wrong and you should apologize for lying yeah flashback to what was the one where yeah what was that one there was the episode where colleen had the fight with the friends it was um i think it was the same episode where lauren had his hernia surgery but i was like really harping on dr mm-hmm. mike and like the lesson that she was teaching yeah. colleen i was like no wrong but yeah this time not only does she hold colleen accountable for her own actions she also tells her there's hope and what is the purpose of friendship and if someone's really your friend like what is your responsibility in that relationship and yeah I like this moment and it I think it shows growth for Dr. Mike as well with the friendships that she's had and the way that she's grown she's able to pass on wisdom that she's learned yeah through the years not that she'll Hold to it. (laughs) Self-application is always a little bit challenging. Of course. And the best lesson of this entire speech is that boys, they come and go, but friends are forever. (laughs) Yeah. Who needs boys? Oh, and she makes sure to say, like, you should tell your friends that you love them and how you feel about them, which is true, because we often take those people for granted. Mm. Now, at the store, Dr. Mike is asking after Dorothy... Lauren is lying and saying he has no idea where she is. And Sully and Dorothy come out of her bedroom laughing again. Honestly, this is where I'm like, I'm not saying I think she should lie, but the fact is neither of them can get their story straight. So it looks worse. It's not what it looks like. Yeah, Dr. Mike's like, just stop talking. I don't (laughs) need you to make excuses. You're acting like you're guilty, so... Yeah, agreed. But, of course, (laughs) gotta throw in some drama. I know. If there's not enough already, Dorothy's like in excruciating pain. It almost happens like too fast. I know. When Dr. Mike's like yelling at them and then Dorothy does that. Yeah. It's just the timing of it that almost made, like the first time I watched it, made me go, is she faking so Dr. Mike's not mad anymore? (laughs) But she's not, but it just happens so quickly. Yeah, it's it's a bit odd to me. We go to the clinic where we find out that Dorothy is still losing a lot of blood. And so Dr. Mike presents her with two options. One is to cauterize her uterus with silver nitrate. So silver nitrate is something I actually still use today, not in that setting quite as much. 
I use it more, I work in a surgical subspecialty and we use it a lot for wounds as well as stomas, which is kind of when you connect the intestine to the outer skin when people have ostomies and things like that. But silver nitrate's also, you know, in some formulas for warts and ulcers. Is it a metal? So it's a composition. I mean, it has silver in it, but it also has nitrogen, oxygen. That's what nitrogen is. So most commonly I use it, it's on a little stick. In the end of it and you just hold it on an area if you want it to stop bleeding or to try and close up a wound or they use it for dental ulcers oral ulcers as well as warts and things like that the other option is if they can't get the bleeding to stop to extirpate the uterus which is a word i had to look up i'm not gonna lie i mean i knew it meant to like remove but the actual definition is like to destroy and get rid of which would be the hysterectomy obviously with any surgery dr mike explains there's risk of infection as well as peritonitis Peritonitis is a word that I use a lot, actually, in my practice as a PA because, again, I work in a surgical subspecialty. And peritonitis is the inflammation of the peritoneum. Peritoneum is the, your abdominal contents, there's a lining between the abdominal contents and the abdominal wall. That's the peritoneum. And anytime you have open sources of infection, which is usually if there's a colon perforated, or in this case, any like external opening from the outside to the inside, you can get inflammation of the peritoneum. And so the first hysterectomy was done in 1843, actually. Um, that patient did that patient did not live. That patient died. But most patients, when you're doing a hysterectomy, actually originally, there, I think there was like, a, I read an article that said there was 70% death rate because people would develop peritonitis or hemorrhage or just exhaustion, things like that. The first total hysterectomy, which means that they removed the uterus and the cervix was 1929, which in my head, I'm like, that wasn't even a hundred years ago. Like that's insane. Wait, successful? The first total hysterectomy, which is more commonly done today because the uterus and the cervix are connected. I don't know how much you really want to go into this. They're connected. And so if you remove the uterus and leave the cervix, there's a lot of risk with that. So the first one where they did a, what's called a full, a total hysterectomy was 1929. The first hysterectomy done in general was 1843. So Dr. Mike's hoping she won't have to do that, but Dorothy has come to a place where she says, do what you got to do, sis. (laughs) And of course, as we know, everyone is waiting outside the clinic to find out because (laughs) nobody has anything better to do. I was like looking who was standing outside and I was like, how many of these people have been cut open by Dr. Mike and lived. Lauren, Brian, Myra. (laughs) They're all standing there and Lauren still has the gall to be like, she's good as dead. Yeah, I know. And it's cute because Brian's like trying to comfort him. But sure enough, Dr. Mike comes out and says the cauterization worked. We won't have to do surgery. Lauren passes out. (laughs) I was trying to remember the last time we had someone pass out on that porch wasn't, didn't Hank? I think, did Lauren pass out? Not Hank, um, Horace. Oh, oh, Horace passed out. And then Jake passed out when she was doing Brian's surgery, but that was inside. But I think you're right. I think it was Horace. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> we don't see Jake much. So we're just going through the lineup. Passing out or getting surgery done on them, yeah. <laughs> what was your uh, thoughts on the conversation between Dr. Mike and Sully? So he comes to check on her and he thinks she must be tired and worn out. He's like very caring and she's quite cold towards him. I don't know, because part of me is like, okay, good. You directly confronted the issue, which is what we should be doing. But it's a very accusational confrontation as opposed to, hey, I'm feeling uncomfortable about this and this is what's Mm -hmm. going through my head. I think it's dumb 
that he doesn't just tell her yeah. right then and there. I, I do think that they could have said and it would have still had the effect. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning how to dance for you. Yeah. And she would have felt horrible for <laughs> accusing him like that and accusing Dorothy. Because that's the thing. It's like two people she trusts. It's not just him. I think he's not in the wrong to say, I need yeah. you to trust me. I almost thought the scene was going to take a turn when he's like laughing and he's like, you're jealous, aren't you? You're jealous. And you're yeah. like, oh, he's going to tell her, like, you have no reason to be jealous. This is what's going on. Yeah. But then he doesn't. So then I think she just feels, like, ridiculed. Yeah. And then he gets all serious where he's like, you're supposed to trust me. And then just, like, storms out. And you're like, oh, okay. That yeah. didn't get resolved again. <laughs> exactly. And another presumptions and gossip and whatever, but Colleen at school... Of course. Now, this is what I don't know. Is was Did Becky go and tell everyone? Did Richard go and tell everyone? Did Becky I tell Alice. Alice? And Alice told everyone? I think Becky, Alice. This is awful, right? It's like bullying and it's they're shaming her. It's a little disturbing, right? She makes Brian tell her what they're saying, but Brian doesn't even understand what he's saying. So the fact that he's like, oh, they say you're easy. Which I, I find this situation 100% believable. Mm-hmm. It's very sexist too, right? Notice no one's treating Richard any differently, but it's Colleen's yeah. getting all the shame. And Richard goes after her. She feels guilty and right. do- she tells him, I just want to be friends with you, which I thought he took well. <laughs> but then I remember that she's 13, so he's that age or maybe a little bit older. Oh, part of the reason she wanted to find Alice is because she wanted to apologize, which is hard to do when Alice is not talking to her and all people are making fun of her. So I guess the the thing is she's upset what the people are saying about her, but she's also upset. Her friend. Because she really feels like she's really ruined everything with Becky. Yeah. Um, Lauren brings Dorothy flowers and asks her to go to the dance with him. And she's like, uh, duh, I just had this thing done. I'm not ready for dancing. And he's like, it's all right. You can just sit there, (laughs) which is kind of nice. It's sweet. It's very sweet. Yeah, it's kind of cute, too, that he says, I I asked you 30 years ago and you said no. And for a second, you think he's going to propose again. But apparently, in addition to proposing, saying no to his proposal, she also (laughs) said no to going to the sweetheart dance (laughs) with him. That she is. Which, okay, let's do the math. If she's... 51. Let's say she's 50. So 30 years ago, yeah, she would have been 20. So, yeah. Maybe she's a little younger, maybe a little yeah. older. So We yeah. also have Dorothy, find, like, explain... If, if Sully explaining to Dr. Mike that she should trust him isn't enough, Dorothy says, it's not what you think. Again, doesn't elaborate, probably could here as well. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, does say something very sweet and kind, which is that Sully has no place in his heart or anyone but Dr. Mike, and she should know that, and she should trust that. I like the metaphor, even though, yeah, it took, like, both of them saying it. But Dr. Mike's like, yeah, I do know that. I do know that, but I'm insecure, which is, you know, that's real, though. That's very real. Her own brain is her own worst enemy, which is so yeah, relatable. <laughs> it is. I think I mentioned it earlier, but I think this is the part where she says to Dr. Mike, what you guys share is your assurance about life, about yourselves, about each other, and that's far stronger than anything different about you. I think I mentioned it earlier, but I think it actually happens in this scene. Gotcha. At the dance, Dr. Mike looks so gorgeous. How do you think she got her hair like that? Like, 
Real, real talk, not hair stage and makeup. Actually, this is not something that I researched, but I do actually kind of know this. Obviously, a curling iron literally used to be like a rounded piece of iron that they would heat over a stove and use to mm. curl their hair. But also, and this is still trending today, it's like early rollers, but they would roll pieces of their hair up and tie it with ribbon and then like sleep on it. Yeah. It's like heatless curls. It looks good. That's my only point. <laughs> it looks great. It takes a ton of time, which is why I think it makes a lot of sense that it's not her everyday look. Yeah. I don't know that they would look as perfectly uniform as they do. Of course. But I do genuinely believe that they had the tools and the knowledge to be able to curl hair back then. I didn't research this, so I I don't know the exact dates of some of these things, but I don't know that in the era, and now mind you, this is rustic rural Colorado, which one thing that they did well in the Boston episode is Dr. Mike always, almost always, not always, almost always had her hair up, which would have been high fashion of upper class ladies. So. Technically, if they were leaning into her Boston persona, then her hair would have been up, but then probably the ends like curled. I think it's okay to give a little bit of a twist, a pass because we're rural and so the the rules can be a little bit different. And then usually, you know, bonnets were worn, which they, they do a good job, especially like in the scenes where they're going to church and they're all dressed up like the girls are always wearing bonnets. I didn't mention it, but Colleen has one of the worst bonnets I've ever seen in the scene where she tries to tell Becky. I was like, man, this one's pretty awful. I didn't notice that. Oh, it's bad. It just, it looks like a bunch of scraps of fabric all like glued at weird angles on top of her head. And I'm just like, please never wear that bonnet again. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, all that being said, I think she looks stunning. She looks great in, is that like powder blue? Is that what we call that color? I think so. It's not the first time we've seen her in sort of pastel-y colors. I think about... Father's Day where she wore that pastel-y purple and her other powder blue dress that I don't think it's the same one but I think she wore one for I don't know why I want to say portraits she looks nice in those really light colors which I think is also cool because it's in contrast with the very dark deep rich colors that her costumes were in Boston to kind of show that social status right whereas in Colorado obviously most of her everyday clothes are a lot of earth tones browns, blacks, tans, like those are kind of her living in Colorado colors. So it's cool that the way they show her dressing up in Colorado Springs for like a dance is kind of a step away from her day-to-day color palette. And Jane Seymour's just pretty and we all know that because she just is, but they, they do a good job. Also in this scene, Alice and Becky are at the dance and they discover through Richard that Colleen turned him down. And then there's this This scene is so stupid. They did my boy Richard wrong here. This does not make any sense. Not only was Alice being so obviously manipulative, but he asked Colleen or Becky to meet him at the kissing tree so they could be private. And so kissing a girl in front of the whole town, I'm just like, what? But now he's done it, so he doesn't care anymore. I guess. It's just weird. And also, he saw how upset Colleen was. Man, 
I was like still gonna root for him to give Colleen and Becky some time and and understand that, that she values their friendship more. And then my boy just went and mm-hmm. did that. And all, and Alice is just the worst. Yeah, she's annoying. She's super. Annoying. Which we we already knew that of her. It but it was just so surprising of Richard. They bonded over books, and he's gonna give all that up just Sarah. because Alice is like, do I have something in my eye? Sarah, he's still a boy. Ugh. To be honest, I think it's a cheap, no offense to Sarah Davidson who wrote this episode, but the purpose was to have Becky and Alice reconcile and their reconciliation is fully over both of them being like, he's dumb, he's ugly. Oh, Richard's a jerk and funny looking. And yeah, exactly. And I think Richard is not at fault for the miscommunication between the friends, but we didn't need to know that Alice was worse. Yeah. We already know that. That's how we started this episode. So I don't think we needed to ruin this teenage boy's character in order for these two friends to like reconcile and be like oh we're friends again because boys are dumb they could just say your friendship is more valuable to me than any boy good boys or loser boys (laughs) any boy it wasn't necessary but it is very stereotypical of like how do they i'm not saying it doesn't do what they wanted it to do sure but anyway he is horrible so sorry richard you're gone where the heck is lewis bring him back (laughs) (laughs) the nerdy boys notice there's a reoccurring theme here (laughs) excuse me excuse me are you saying i like nerds yeah i am um intellectuals sorry okay acceptable (laughs) (laughs) lauren and dorothy did come together they're sitting man lauren is very uh complimenting of dorothy during this scene and he tells her that none of these girls are as pretty as her and that in his mind he still sees her as a girl of 16 and he emphasizes it a couple times even though dorothy tries to like play off the compliment and he kisses her hand so this may be a developing relationship TBD to be continued to be determined and now that he knows that she's not gonna get a Harry back (laughs) yeah correct meanwhile Dr. Mike is still looking for Sully where he at is she looking for him to me it seems like she's just oh he's not coming so I'm just gonna watch everybody and feel sad (laughs) but he shows up in his suit we've seen this scene before looking good that one suit that he keeps just for special occasions. If he wore it too much, it would lose the effect. <laughs> it's a good suit. Not mad about it. They reveal it's the sweetheart reel, which is her favorite. And he takes her out and he starts dancing. And it's super cute. I love them dancing. And Jake being the caller for swing dancing. This is when I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I remember doing this. Yeah. Swing your partner, no see no down the middle, go back home. <laughs> yeah. And at first I was like, man, they are kissing so much in this scene. And I'm like, they're kissing in front of everybody. And then I remember that literally like three episodes they kissed in front of the whole town when she came back for him. So I guess it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the episode. Does she ever say sorry that I thought you were sleeping with (laughs) Dorothy? She says, I was jealous. It was foolish. But I don't think she ever actually apologizes. And she shares a smile with Dorothy. So she knows now, oh, they were were just trying to surprise me. You know, again, could have been accomplished. It wasn't this like massive reveal. You know, it was like, oh... (laughs) He told her, she smiled at her friend. It was done. Like, yeah, they could have bypassed a lot of 
nonsense, in my personal opinion, but whatever. The episode probably would have been 25 minutes shorter. (laughs) (laughs) This is also true, as would ours, probably. (laughs) Do you have a favorite scene? Mm. I think my favorite scene was probably Dorothy and Dr. Mike having their little conversation when she's just telling him how much Sully cares for her and that she's an idiot to not know that. (laughs) You love a friend that can tell you you're an idiot without telling you you're an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) You do that for me sometimes. Mm, I think I would tell you you're an idiot. (laughs) I would just... Yeah, yeah, you you know how many times I've heard that's dumb in my lifetime? (laughs) That's dumb. (laughs) You don't call me dumb. You're just like, that's dumb. (laughs) That's really dumb. That is true. Especially when it comes to boys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't even know what to say, y'all. She's like, uh, yo. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, have, I have no comeback because everything you have said is absolutely true. I think my favorite scene is Dr. Mike and Colleen, where Dr. Mike is telling her to apologize to her friend and also telling her... The value of friendship. Uh, do we end talking about anything else? Ranking. Oh, good call, good call. I got it pulled up. To be honest, the first time I watched this episode, I think I didn't like it very much, but actually watching it the second time, I liked it better. And actually talking with you about it, I'm like, okay, actually, I enjoyed it more than I thought I did. Really? Yeah, because the fir- I don't know. The first time I was just like... I don't love it. I definitely don't love it. I'm not going to lie. No, no. It's not It's not one of my favorites, but I found that I have enjoyed it more after talking to you about it than I think I did when I was watching it by myself. Is the last episode on there? Yeah. Did I update? Is giving thanks on there? Yeah, it's number four. Probably put it in the bottom half. Gotta be better than Saving Souls, right? Yeah, I think it's better than that. It's basically the same argument giving thanks and this one Mm -hmm. so is it better than sanctuary or not it's another dorothy kind of centric episode so i guess i think sanctuary because sanctuary takes on like domestic violence which is pretty heavy compared to this drama yeah so for for season two ranking let's put it as the new number six before halloween after sanctuary yeah that works for me Best friends. That's the thing. Is this episode really about best friends? No. It feels like it's more about change and trust. I agree. And communication. (laughs) Communication. So that is in the season two. So now where does that put us in the full series? So better than Epidemic Law of the Land. Ranking them like in for multi-season is hard for me. Epidemic was literally episode, like, two. Do you want to put it right above Halloween or right under Sanctuary is the question. I think it's... Sanctuary is kind of depressing and Halloween was more lighthearted. This one is kind of an in-between where it's not really either. Yeah. I'd probably watch it more than Sanctuary, though, just for that reason, but... Well, we put it... But we put it below Sanctuary. Oh, yeah, we... Did so then? <laughs> I mean, we can change it. No, I think that's fine. Would you watch it before you watched the first Johnny Cash episode? Probably not. Would you? <laughs> uh, no, I think I probably would watch Law of the Land and Epidemic before, because Epidemic has cloud dancing and yeah. Let's make it the new eighteen, so it'll be seventeen Epidemic, 
18 best friends. Okay. And then 19 is Halloween. That works for me. Okay. That was our 25th episode. Wowza. There's like 24 episodes in season two, so we have a long way to go. We're moving. Shall we close this thing out? Don't forget to send in lessons. We'll have our little outro here playing in a minute. But thanks for joining us on another episode of Not A Lady Podcast. Where are we headed next? I don't know. I said that very excitedly. Drum roll. Oh, I remember now. It was a Christmas episode. I haven't pulled it up yet, but didn't I tell you? Like, I looked at it. You did. It's called Sully's Choice. You sure? Oh, then that's not the Christmas one. Yeah, Mike's Dream, A Christmas Tale is after Sully's Choice. Okay, I just remembered seeing something about Christmas. So, coming. Christmas is coming. What's the little synopsis? It says, When a misunderstanding leads the cavalry to place a bounty on Sully, Matthew, Colleen, and Brian hide their injured friend. Ooh... That sounds like it's going to be a good one. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you in Sully's Choice. Bye. Bye. Actually, don't put that in. Bye, y'all. Bye, guys. See ya. Adios. Then you can use that for whatever episodes you want. Um, are we stopping recording? Uh, Yeah, let's do Three, that. Three, two, one, stop. Thank you for listening to this episode of Not a Lady, a Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you might also enjoy visiting our website, www.notaladypodcast.weebly.com. There, you will find important resources and content related to Not A Lady Podcast. You can also write to us with lessons or comments on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages, or by sending an email to notaladypodcast at gmail.com. You can support our podcast by liking and sharing our content on social media. Don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss our next episode.